One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is the Bad Batch Report. <laughs> and instead of music this week, you get the sound of uh, greedy, uh, selfish, gluttonous eating. Uh, I think that was the eating of the bad guy from this episode, right? And not uh, Wrecker's stomach growling. Is that correct? Well, here's the trick. It is Mako eating, but also me eating. There's a... 
connection. <laughs> yes. In the context of the show, that uh, meal was presented as, I think, a symbol of hoarding uh, all of the food for yourself. But some of us just eat fast. And I, I probably sounded that, like that last night as well. <laughs> it's a, Grace will tell you at any restaurant, she's going to say, slow down, Mako, slow down. <laughs> I shocked my wife uh, after we saw Ant-Man and the Wasp. We went out and I just, I needed fries and I, I don't know if I chewed. I think I just put three in my <laughs> mouth and swallowed. And she's like, what? Wow. Wow. I mean, I'm not going to judge, but Wow. <laughs> Anyway, that's a little bit about our food uh, habits report. Uh, Perhaps we should get back to Star Wars. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I can say my own name. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and the person making mouth noises is Ken Knapsack. Happy to be here. The man who's often told at restaurants, you already ate that? So we're here. <laughs> I'm sorry, did they not bring your food out? Oh, oh, it's gone. I see, I see. Anyway, we are here to discuss episode 10 of Bad Batch from the second season. This episode is entitled Retrieval, written by Moises Zamora, directed by Stuart Lee, and once again, story editor credit to Matt Machenovitz. Uh Ken, you and I both just looked up this writer, uh, who does appear to be new to Star Wars right before we broadcasted. Uh, what, what did you think? I loved his work. I, uh, you know, I, I love when Star Wars brings me new names, even if they're established. He's done a lot of great work. You and I were looking up, like you said, Netflix, Selena, the series, Staff Right American Crime, uh, and, and many things. And I think he brought a wonderful perspective to this episode, and and it was great. Uh, and uh, if you look at the pictures of him, he's got a great beard and hair, man. Good looking cat. <laughs> All right. Let me some more. Go yes, on. I would like to eat too fast at a restaurant uh, with <laughs> With all the writers. Uh, but yeah, it is a really great picture that I think the uh, this season, the whole show, but the season in particular has felt extremely cohesive. So uh, really being guided big picture, uh, but also still giving all of these individual writers uh, uh, an opportunity to to share a perspective, which I think is a, a great balance. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it reminds us that, you know, a story editor and a director and those folks who are whose job is to, to find those through lines through uh, many different voices in one show. I, I love all the work that's been doing and it's why we celebrate it up top. And I'm glad you put it in the uh, rundown. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of the the practical element of it is, you know, all the showrunners, the story editors, they know, hey, here's what we kind of want to happen in this episode. The how is the writer really getting to express their voice a lot of times. Uh, before we get into this a little bit more, we want to do a quick plug on Friday, February 24th at 3 p.m. We are doing a YouTube Q&A. We've been having a ton of fun doing these once a month. It is a fun couple hour hangout uh, with uh, drinks of any kind you want from Zero Proof to not zero proof. You can drink milk uh, and enjoy hanging out, talking about Star Wars. This episode in particular is special because we're going to be joined for the first half, half hour from 3 p.m. Pacific to 3.30 Pacific uh, by our partner on Force Center, Jennifer Landa. She's going to be able to be there with us for a half an hour. So get your Jennifer Landa questions ready. And then we're going to have some fun announcements about some uh, future programming and some future goals. Uh, so please do check that out. February 24th, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific on the old YouTube. You can look for links on all of our social media. All right, plug and done. Let's get back to the Bad Batch. Ken, what was your viewing experience 
where did you sit down to watch this? You did not have the midnight experience, right? <laughs> still, still haven't. And unfortunately, it looks with, you know, this other show that's coming out that I won't be experiencing <laughs> the midnight uh, viewing of The Bad Batch. I, I apologize to The Batch. But yeah, I watched it a little earlier with the, the screeners we were fortunate to have and then watched it again a few times this morning. I've settled into a great routine before recording Force Center where I get up real early, do show notes, watch the episode, and then... Uh, I calm myself down by playing a little MLB The Show while watching the episode. And it's just great. <laughs> Baseball and Bad Batch together again. And that's how I took in this episode. <laughs> Do they sometimes time out where like you, you're, you're, your batter gets a big hit just as a record groans? It it, it, it it does. Uh, it, it, it's fun. It, it's because I turned the sound down on the game. So all I hear is instead of click clicks of the bat, you know. Uh, record says we don't miss. And then you get a home run. That'd be great. That'd yeah, be great. Yeah. Uh, my viewing experience, you know, I'm watching it in mornings, uh, sometimes Friday, but this week was gold. I got to watch it on Saturday morning like Bad Batch is an actual Saturday morning cartoon from my youth. I could hear the loud commercials for different toys that come with some kind of green goo. It was very, very exciting to watch it on Saturday morning. And this particular uh, week, this was the last Saturday as we were recording. So I had just got home at like, 3 a.m. from a Doctor Who convention. So I was just uh, rolling in the bliss of different kinds of uh, genre nerdery. It's been a bunch of time uh, at uh, this Doctor Who convention that had one Boba Fett cosplayer and then get up in the morning and it's Bad Batch time. It was a beautiful viewing experience. I was primed to enjoy this episode. Uh, So what was your overall reaction to this episode? Love it, like it, struggle with it. Where'd you go? Oh, I loved it. This is just what I wanted. Uh, we had the big kind of cliffhanger, the emotional cliffhanger, but also, ah, we're trapped on a planet cliffhanger of last week. <laughs> and the big one. And and gosh, of all the big things that have happened in, in the episodes and 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 uh, you know, Gunji showing up and everything, and, and you and I, or anyone who's maybe seen the episode a little earlier. And by the way, that could be someone who saw it on the West Coast at midnight, and then your friends on the East Coast and is not going to see it till they wake up. You sometimes have to sit on information, right? And and it, sometimes you got it. You want to make sure you're not smug about it. You want to make sure you're not spoiling. And sometimes you just want to shut your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. I of all the reveals and big moments, just I wanted people to see Chapter Three more than anything. Having to sit on the knowledge that there's some gonky truths out there for a week. Because I watched this episode right after we recorded last week. And we had people even in our Discord going, hey, like, because you and I had asked on the show, too. Because we didn't know. We did not know when we recorded it. Oh, but gonky's on the ship. Dear God, gonky's on the Marauder. And we had people in our Discord or Discord here in Force Center through our Patreon page going, oh, dude, what are we, but gonky. And I'm really concerned about gonky. And I had it for a week. had to shut up about the fact that <laughs> gonky is all right. Gonky actually kind of saves the day it'll be okay it'll be okay gonky is okay yeah no i i really uh agree with that perspective on the episode it is a it's a triumph for this episode could be called gonky matters (laughs) (laughs) uh we had that implication uh last week too but definitely definitely this week um yeah i think my overall reaction to this episode is i really liked it um i i have no real criticisms or qualms with the episode i think i didn't love it as much as i've loved some of the other episodes this season Mm -hmm. uh last episode in particular was a a huge highlight for me so i really enjoyed this episode um but maybe not the entire fiery passion with which i i loved like uh last week's episode but i was really thrilled to see that we we did leave on this kind of um this great emotional turmoil of last episode, right? Of 
them needing to come together and express their emotions and Omega going from kind of, you know, uh, upset and despondent and frustrated to feeling like she does have her family. It, it is a difficult time, but they can make it through together. They all stare at the storm. You know, we live inside the storm. <laughs> we'll figure it out because we're together as a family. And then I really did have a question because it left off kind of um, ambiguous about like Sid be like, I'll get there in a couple days. <laughs> uh, and then going, well, that's not really going to work for us. But I felt like, well, we could catch up with them back in Sid's parlor and they're angry and they're still looking for the Marauder. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I was really thrilled to see that it was a direct um, continuation of mm -hmm. the conflict that they're stuck on this planet, of the conflict that the Marauder is gone. So it had this great a continuation of the cliffhanger, but it also had this great, like, the Bad Batch themselves were in a very different place mm -hmm. from the pre previous episode of kind of um, having had the emotional growth. And then I think a lot of this was highlighting uh, their unity and their connection and, and their ability to work through the problems, live inside the storm together. So I like that combination of emotional growth and direct resolution of the conflict from last week. I'm nodding as you're talking. I think uh, I really love, love what you're saying about the concept of last week was the emotional campfire and we still have some things to deal with. I think there's some big choices to make. I, I, not frustrated with uh, Hunter or the or the show. I just sometimes I'm like, you guys got all the information of slap on a rebel insignia, even though that might not exist at this point. <laughs> but let's do this, right? Let's go set out in the galaxy, follow Echo. There's sometimes, um, and I, I, that's fun frustration, right? Where you just you're so invested in the characters, you want them to make these big bold choices. And I I think this is a step forward. But I, I like what you're saying of like, hey, we went through this, we took some time, we slowed down, we are in the storm, as you said, and and what can we do? And they were a really fully functional team. Uh, there is, uh, there is, uh, I'll just say it. I'll, I'm going to tease Joseph. You have a great essay coming out uh, that highlights uh, one of your favorite characters, but also highlights some of the stuff we love about Bad Batch. And, and, and I think that was on display in this episode of, of, of the inner work is the dynamics of the batch themselves. Why well, I just enjoy watching them work more and more. And that was on display here too. Yeah, no, it was definitely just a, hey, I like all these people and we get to spend quality time with them. That That's always one of the virtues uh, of this show is that they are so charming. I really would just, I would w absolutely watch a bottle episode where there's almost no conflict <laughs> 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 and they're just having lunch and bickering. I, I would love that. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, I think uh, uh, some of the other big picture things that I liked about this episode will we'll obviously get into uh the depth of it but i just love that it was uh star wars does dickens <laughs> um uh, yes. uh you know it, it is so much about the history of exploitation of workers uh the history of child labor um i i say dickens and dickensian because that's a word that we often uh, use for it uh, but hey you know what it's not limited to 1860s england <laughs> uh <laughs> A lot of this stuff is um, at threat of is either still going on, as we're well aware um, in, in different parts of the world of, you know, exploitation of uh, of workers. Um, but but it's it's stuff that is very important and vital right now because there are bills in different state legislatures in yeah. the U.S. being offered to get rid of some of the of some labor protections, particularly child labor uh, protections. Uh, we're seeing a lot going on with uh, more attempts to unionize and large corporate responses to those. So I yeah. say Dickensian, <laughs> but I also say uh, extremely modern. Um, 
I liked that it was that very, you know, timeless, but also very contemporary issue that it was dealing with. Um, and then I also liked that it still had that a little bit of that great element of Star Wars being sort of uh, mythical in mm-hmm. in the visuals, right? It it was something that you can absolutely compare to real world stuff, but then it is also like that wasn't just a mine, right? Mm-hmm. They descended into a burning hell pit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where the workers have been uh, disarmed, not just of, you know, blasters, because you can't fire them down there, uh, but they've been disarmed uh, through manipulation. They have no blasters. They have no voice. It's also very a mythical feeling as well mm-hmm. as just something that you can compare to, to real life uh, events and conflicts. I, I, I thought one of the big things I loved with this episode was the very direct nature of it, not just in terms of how it relates to real world stuff or history, but even in Star Wars, we'll get into it. We're just there's some lines of have you been watching the last few episodes, movies or series? Have you been paying attention to Star Wars? <laughs> I thought there was a really direct about it. I'm laughing. It's a serious episode in, in some ways. Uh, it has full fun action sequences in the other side, but. I'm laughing at your, uh, uh, you know, I'm just, I didn't I really look at it as, please, sir, can I have some more? Um, uh, and, and we got Oliver singing a song here. I, I, that, is, that is a great pull. Uh, right in front of me and I missed it. And I, love it. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is, um, yeah, pretty, pretty spot on in lots of ways. Uh, <laughs> with the, you know, I can earn more. I, I can get soup. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. think uh, it, the episode is also, you know, yet another stop on the Bad Batch takes the audience on a tour of imperial terror of the air. You know, mm-hmm. it used to be a techno union mine. You know, this is fallout from the Clone Wars. And yeah. Sheev, you know, uh, first gathering together all of the sort of corporate power and then, you know, either disbanding it or and taking it for his own and causing all of these cracks where someone like a Mako can uh, get in and and do something like this. So it's, uh, it is somewhat indirect, but it is that cascading. She broke the galaxy. He broke, you know, uh, mm-hmm. protections for people and, and the, in the, the agencies and the kind of people who, who look out for, uh, everybody who look out for workers and children. He's broken all of that, you know, so this is yet another stop on the terror tour of the empires. Effect. Yeah. That's a, uh, maybe a, a short story we need. Uh, uh Sheev destroys the galaxy. <laughs> a little golden book that explains yeah. <laughs> the. Then he installed a puppet leader of the banking clan. You know, have you ever had a banking leader who'd be a puppet? Kids, here you go. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll work on that one. I'll pitch it to Lucasfilm. Um, yeah, and then I agree with you. Just on the uh, this is a story of the Bad Batch, and this is a story of getting their ship, their home back. Um, there were some fist pumping moments. Uh, I bit some English muffin crumbs as I watched going, yeah. Cause there, there were like three or four lines that were just like bleep. Yeah. The bad batch. Some great moments. <laughs> bleep. Yeah. The bad batch. Uh, there you go. That's our shirt. <laughs> All right. So we talked about some big picture stuff. Any uh, other big picture thoughts before we get into the specifics of the themes and ideas at stake in this episode? The, the one note is I, I liked this was a quote, new character, Benny, and not someone we know. I think there were some fun theories I saw out there, including Boba Fett, that, that could have been something and could have been fun. And But I like this choice, allowed for the story to sing. 
and and uh, that said, I'm not opposed to other people showing up, and and we're getting towards the end, and I'm 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 expecting some more names showing up, and uh, honest uh, honest uh, hand over my heart, I do not know what's next, so I'm not teasing any you know <laughs> any any surprise cameo. I think I can go either way. I just like this episode having this choice of being a new character. Yeah, no, I have not watched ahead. Um, and in fact, our screeners only go up to episode 14. So we don't know the end of the, we haven't, and you and I haven't watched the rest of them at mm-hmm. this point. Uh, and we won't be able to see the finale uh, before anyone else unless that changes. But the main takeaway that I had from from Benny was like, the, hey, if you ever need a thief, it was, <laughs> I felt like that was, you know, a subtext for, hey, for the season finale, when you're gathering all your allies, give me a call. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we'll see Benny again. Uh, so where did you go with the big theme? What did you think was the the big idea at stake in this episode? Well, here's where I went. And uh, <laughs> then I have just a lot of quotes and, and a post-it notes dumped on a table kind of a note section here today. I had these two big dots. Uh, survival in a system built for the top. Uh, I put the subheading, you ain't picking you up yourself by the bootstraps here. And uh, this is not necessarily just a tale of the empire, though it's pretty expressly stated to me. This is a tale about what absolute power does. And what's at stake in that is the very survival of the people crushed underneath it and very clearly on display in this episode. Mm, I like that. So that's your that's uh, that's uh, part one. And then what is part two? Uh, That is it's That's all the parts, except for (laughs) how I also have I put down this note of how the team treats Omega. It's brought up, right? Uh, Benny mm-hmm. said that. Uh, I, forget, I wrote the, I did write down the line. I swear people, it, it, don't, don't do your notes over an English muffin. Watch the show. <laughs> like said, don't do your notes. Um, but it's, it, it, it's truly, it, it, it's, it's, it's equal. It's an exchange of ideas and methods. And, and that was very much on display to counter what's going on with, with Benny and Mecco and everyone there. Right. Just even in the beginning, there's a funny exchange, some dialogue you and I probably both wrote down, but just, you know, how are we going to gather the situation? Well, Tech's got a great idea. We're going to get this speeder going. Wrecker's being Wrecker, and I love him. Hunter's, uh, you know, there being the, the core, or whatever. And then you got, uh, you got, got Omega going, but what, Gonky? And and we can, I have an idea. And, you know, Wrecker, again, is a little Wrecker on rock and all that, but you got you got Tech going, hmm, yeah, that could work. And they come together for the solution better for everyone, right? And And, and it just, for that to be the counter to what we're also seeing which includes the, the tragic stuff of, of just Benny and, and his mates uh, just trying to survive and, and, and lost in that world. Uh, I love the light and dark of that. Yeah, no, I really agree. I think there's uh, there's some other ideas floating around in here mm-hmm. in this episode that really, I think, connect to big picture themes and ideas of the entire season. But for me, it was really strongly exactly what you're saying. The main idea, mm-hmm. the way I sort of framed it in my head is a uh, cooperation versus competition. Uh, And we see the Bad Batch in this episode after a little bit of discord. They really came together, right? There's the shot last episode where they're looking at the storm. They're looking Mm -hmm. at the conflict. They're looking at that visual metaphor for the life Mm -hmm. they need to live right now. And each one steps up into the hero shot. They're together, right? Mm -hmm. And this episode, they follow through. They are even with their funny uh, little bit of bickering and bantering like a family does with their actions. They are a picture of unity, of working together, of trust. Mm-hmm. The goal for the Bad Batch is for the group to succeed, for all of them mm-hmm. to succeed as a group, but also be okay individually, right? Yeah. And then in contrast, Mako has set up this system of a, an extremely destructive form of competition, right? Turning mm-hmm. everyone against each other for the benefit of only himself, only the authoritarian, you know? 
Um, yep. So uh, some some specifics in that that I that I really really liked uh, looking at the Bad Batch's sort of picture of unity, right? Um, I like what you exactly what you're saying that that they're they're yes anding one another's ideas, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, e- even records, I'm hungry. They maybe that's a oh, yes. Well, <laughs> well, well, then you should have saved your food. That, that one's just comedy, but yeah. Uh, Omega gets the idea, and Tech actually says that work, and then when she finds the information, Hunter's all on. There's no meh. He's like, no, mm-hmm. let's get this speeder and let's go. Let's do this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that their capture of Benny is seamless unity, right? Like sometimes we get the comedy beats where uh, they're in over their head and something goes wrong. This was the total opposite, right? Hunter says, we'll do a split approach. And they just capture him like nothing, you know? They're really working as a squad. Um, mm-hmm. And then we just kind of see the teamwork throughout to solve the problems, right? They they divide up. They're fixing the ship. They're shutting down the shield ray. Everything is kind of working together. Is this uh, absolute uh, whole? I think even uh, my, talk about it when we get to the action moments too. But uh, Hunter and Omega's awesome trust fall exercise in a hell shaft, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Where they just she sees that he's there and there's no fear. There's like I can throw myself off a extremely high place over burning ipsium hell lava for death and yeah. he's got me i got mm-hmm. no you know so it isn't just the squad that knows where to work together it's this demonstration of this absolute uh emotional certainty that literally and emotionally hunter will catch me i got no doubt um so i thought that was a a powerful way to get that that feeling of cooperation in in this idea and then i think the idea of sort of uh uh, emphasizing cooperation and coming together and we are stronger together in in contrast to to mako's hell is just the way omega treats benny right omega could easily make the choice to just go like hey you stole my ship you stole my home you stole gonky um i i'm gonna get what i need out of you and then be done with you right uh but she sees him as a person rather than a competitor, right? Seeing that, oh, he stole he stole my ship because he's in need. She could sink to the, into the mindset of competition, right? Of, mm-hmm. well, but I need it more, so I'm going to take it from him. And we are competitors in the galaxy because we both have needs, so we're competitors. And instead, their little conversation, they have that conversation about what is home to them. And he really expect, you know, expresses like, yeah, it's an Ipsium mine, but it's my home. And she's like, yeah, my ship is my home. Mm-hmm. And she finds what is common between them. And instead of, you know, uh, particularly vilifying him, she gives him stuff. She gives him her rations. She gives him the truth. She could have not told him what she found, right? So yeah. I just think everything that she's doing is making a choice uh, to emphasize what is common between us in cooperation for the benefit of both over seeing him as a competitor or just hating him for hurting her. If, if this was a rock concert, I'd be saying to the crowd, sing it with us. Cause it's a, one of our, our lyrics. We love to sing, sing light side builds, dark side destroys. Right. And, and it's right. on display down to this micro level, what you're saying. And, 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 and leading with empathy is something that comes up a lot in Star Wars and in real life. And and I really love how you're breaking it down just to their relationship. It's not that he goes, um, I, don't, I guess, unpunished for them. You know, you know, they're, they're not like, well, cool. The ship's yours now. <laughs> it's like, right, right. We need it. Uh, he, he's, uh, he's done some things that have caused some actions. But the sharing of the food is, is uh, 
is is big, especially when you see him early on and, and he himself finds rations on the, the Marauder floor. It gives mm-hmm. you the picture right away what's going on. No, no, like I said, this is a very direct episode. I think this this is all plain fair and on the surface of what it's trying to tell you. Uh, now, hey, you might not agree with Star Wars point of, point of view and perspective over this. That's fair, but this is what they're saying the perspective is. And and I really love you breaking it down to this level between them because they're 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 of the same age group, right? There's a uh, kind of a you know equality there of you know the the, the kid in the bunch, so to speak. He's mm-hmm. seen, there's others his age. I get it, but like you know, even his buddies are a little older. So, anyways, I just like it was it was seeing the interaction there and and the whole core of the episode cut kind of in, in, in their relationship and dynamic. Yeah, and, and I, I love that line. I think you were looking for it uh, earlier. There's almost like kind of pain and disbelief in the first shattering of the manipulation uh, that Benny has been under. Uh, with Mako when when he says to Omega they really treat you like you're one of them right yeah uh and seeing seeing his pain that oh maybe I don't have to be treated this way it's I have been told that it's impossible to be treated (laughs) yeah uh with respect I have been told it's impossible that food should be a basic a human need and therefore a basic human right. And it isn't something to compete for like that. That's not how you live. That's impossible. <laughs> that's impossible. He's a bull, bullseye. Over no. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for finding that line. I love that line. I, there's one he says earlier, if I can't help you against Mako, uh, you don't know what he's done for me, which goes into some of the other big themes, but it's just, yeah, him, him kind of experienced this in real time, experiencing, not just the lies, but what, what he's in, you know, and, and, and uh, heart, it's heartbreaking that moment. And, and that's, I love that connection of, well, yeah, I get, I get that. It's your home. That, that ships our home. I totally understand. Uh, yeah. And then they're connected thread to build from. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a beautiful connection. Uh, yeah. So I, I think there are all those specifics of how the episode uh, builds on the picture of the bad batch working in cooperation, working with respect to Omega. She is a part of the squad, even though she is younger, she is equal. Uh, they don't compete for food. They share, I guess. I don't know if they've shared their rations with Wrecker, but. <laughs> well, Wrecker's got to learn. Wrecker's got to learn. I'm, you know, I get exactly. my Uncrustables I like, and I eat a pack of four, I eat three at once. And then I'm bombed when I don't have more to eat. This is on me. This is on yeah, me, no. My brother used to do that when we both got to pick out uh, one candy bar. He'd hoard it for like three days and I'd be like, what kind of a child are you? And just uh, wolf it down. And then he'd just be like, I still got my three musketeers. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, in contrast to uh, that kind of stuff, uh, I wanted to talk just a little bit about kind of the specifics of of what Mako is doing. Because I think you've talked about it really well. um, this uh, Dickensian and, in my opinion, modern American hellscape, right? Mm-hmm. It isn't just competition. And we've on the podcast sometimes kind of wrestled with the idea of competition and, and how to talk about it. And, and when it's a natural human thing and a positive thing and a fun thing uh, mm-hmm. versus when does it start to get destructive, right? Yeah. Uh, in, in that idea of like, hey, playing sports, watching sports great that a human need for conflict and to push yourself to do well and work in a team all sorts of great stuff going on there right but then uh it can be weaponized to become destructive when uh somebody encourages an individual to see everything within a group as a competition uh can blind you to the fact that they are manipulating you right and mm-hmm. that's what's happening here of mako is setting up a system where no one is looking at him 
uh, all their anger and ire is focused on their peers rather than the person doing the real harm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so there, there's that element of, Hey, competition is good. You got to compete for food. You got to compete to be the top earner. Don't ever look at or, or question, uh, what the, what the boss up here is doing or what they might be hoarding only compete amongst yourselves. And then instilling in them also this, this, um, it's not just competition, right? Mm. There are a lot of lines in this that make it clear that he's also instilled in them a sort of psychological need to please daddy, to Mm. please Mm. the authoritarian figure, right? Like, um, Benny can't believe that they haven't heard of Mako, right? Which (laughs) Benny's not dumb. He knows there's a whole galaxy. He realizes very quickly that they're not from this area, but his world is so consumed. Everything is dictated by this awful authoritarian Mm -hmm. figure that it's inconceivable to him that anybody doesn't know who Mako is because his whole world is Mako, right? And then everything that we see, the, the whole top earner thing being dangled, right? That no matter what Benny does, he's never going to be top earner because it's not going to do anything for Mako for Benny to be top earner. It's going to do things for him, for him to keep scraping, to try to be the top mm-hmm. earner. And, you know, top earner BS kind of stuff that's like keep keep reaching for it and if you're about to grab it <laughs> i'll move it a little farther away mm. i mean my dad grew up in sales uh they did mm. that to him uh the, the youtube algorithm the tiktok algorithm is doing that to all of us right <laughs> of like hey look we want you to be as successful as the other influencers so just do more videos we're not going to tell you what day or what length or whatever that we want but you're real good and you're real close so just keep trying uh, we see this structure everywhere because it is a way and i say that as a willing participant in some of it yeah <laughs> but i but i am aware that that is what is being done to me right um yeah and if if it was weaponized where if youtube suddenly said hey your video can get even more views if you go downvote somebody else and make it like mm-hmm. that's that's the step that arguably isn't there right now of and not only am I going to make you work for something that's a gold ring that's always slightly out of grasp, um, but I'm also going to make you attack others for it. So you're yeah. never thinking about the fact that I move the gold ring and only thinking about attacking others. Yeah, no, uh, 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 lot to unpack there, and lot. Yeah, no sorry, one. sorry. No, <laughs> no, no, lot. Look, it's bleeding into all sorts of real world things. Uh, and, and 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 taking it back to to the competition side. Of it, no, I love I love what you're saying, and I love uh, always your your. Uh, 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 your your goal to clarify your your thoughts on on that word competition that can that can ring up a lot and I think this episode does a great job of showing that I, I break it down like this and it's not just about sports this isn't a finger at sports this is just the general of you know competition uh, I always call it the refiner's fire the the make yourself better set some goals uh, you know get pushed by others around you. yeah 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 be, be the best you can be that is 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 pretty valuable I think the focus. So much on is on the win and not the journey that we as a society are really looking at those wins. And then when you get the top to the top, and I'm again not just talking about baseball or softball, or I'm just when you get to the top, then you maybe forget what you got there, you forget how you got there, you forget the journey, you forget the others, you've stepped on others. You know, it's it's the focus on the win, the top earner. And and this episode has, I think, some comments on it. at the end of it. I, I think it's part of the other things we might want to discuss, so I'll touch on it lightly here. But oh, yeah. The, the episode is ends, you know, there's this great moment of 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 Omega saying, um, 
well, leave, you could leave, right? Or, or, you know, be something better. It almost has some Star Wars overtones of you could be who you want, choose your identity, you go, you are in the story, all those kind of wonderful themes that work in other parts of Star Wars. And I like that he was like, ah, but this is my home and we know it. And we're still going to stick in this industry and we're still going to do it. But now we all get to eat, we all get to share. And and I thought that was a, a, a great comment on kind of what you're saying of, of and not anything bad on what Omega, Omega was saying, but just the episode focusing on, yeah, there's some things here that might be good. There's some things here that they like. There's things here that they know. The focus is no longer on destroying everyone else to win. And and what you're talking about is that that bleeds down into how we discuss things. I think that's some of the great points uh, you've made along the way and 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 I've come to appreciate and understand and, and, and echo along the way of, of everything becomes gamified. Everything mm-hmm. becomes win or loss. Uh, everything, looking at the YouTube side of it, it is no longer about, hey, you know, we just struggled with this recent essay we released, a Jar Jar, you know, let's all celebrate what we love about this and move forward with it. Uh, if I had titled that this episode, this, this scene, is why Star Wars got ruined by Jar Jar or something like that. Million views, right? <laughs> um, and that's about destroying, and that is about top earning, and that is about uh, all climbing for the brass ring. And 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 that's where that's why I think uh, you're passionate about it, and I'm here with you on your passion, and have my own for it. Of of and this episode really, in its own way, took a look at that. So I don't know if that answers or follows up anything you did well, but I I, I like what you're saying <laughs> about that, and I think it's important. Yeah, no, I no, I, I I really agree with you, and, and I, I appreciate uh, the kind words. Uh, yeah, I I think it's powerful what you're saying about Benny wanting to stay there because there's there's no sense that he's in a Luke position, a Ray position, a Han position of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I'm I'm looking up to the stars and I want to be there. It, it's much more this sort of a grounded everyday, frankly, and or perspective of yeah, I just want to be here in my home with my people. Uh, I want to work hard and earn a fair amount of money and not have to hate other people to eat food. (laughs) You know, there's no sense of him longing and and being like limited and scared to step out in the bigger world. It really is like that. This is a workers rights episode. I mean, this is really just like, Hey, no, I'm I'm extremely happy to work at this Starbucks, and I just want to unionize so I can afford my health care. I'm not <laughs> I'm not trying to change the world. I just want a fair shake, you know. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. And I think you know it. it I, I like the way the this side of it uh, wraps up. We've got the the contrast where where Benny sees. Uh, how much better Omega's life is. So we got that contrast between the bad batches sort of parental figures versus Mako. And then Mako's uh, ultimate end, the truth coming out, lashing out and, you know, very quickly, almost comically quickly uh, destroying himself <laughs> by oh. lashing out and falling over the bridge. But I, I was, which I, I, which I just, it is also my strong uh, opinion that, yeah, Hey, sometimes people get a temporary benefit from, from lashing out, but if you define yourself only by taking and lashing out, you're going to end up alone. I think we're seeing that with a lot of politicians right now who have really made their bread and butter. I can get a lot of support if I am really always on the attack and all those people are attacking each other because attack mm-hmm. is all they have. Um, but what did you make of, of Benny trying to rescue Mako and Mako's final moments falling? I, look, I'll, I'll say there's probably a little bit of understood empathy now. Uh, I think um, 
I, I cast Mako as a as a pretty uh, bad guy here, obviously, and, and played that way. And and I don't want to say got what he gets. That's not the empathy you and I often talk about here. <laughs> so I think Benny was a better version of it in that moment. Also, you could say there's a I don't know a little bit of of uh, you know. Um, you know, just spent just the way his view of uh, of Mako even going, you don't know what he's done for me. Not that I think there's a ton of truth mm-hmm. in that, but maybe there's enough that you, you, you warped a little bit in that moment. And, and and it also shows it's a flash of of, of Benny's heart to me. He doesn't kick him down. He does try no. to say. And that's no, important. no. It, yeah, it, no, it, I, yeah, it goes, sorry, my final point, it goes to, to how you and I often talk here about it. It's not just why you fight, it's how you fight, right? Um, and that's, that's often complicated in the real world. And of course, we get that. Star Wars doesn't have to deal with all those complications. It just has to put some thoughts out there, I think, at a very base general level, I think. Uh, and, and that's part of it for me, too. Yeah, that. no, I, yeah, I mean, I, I really agree with you. I think that it, it, it is very direct, but I think it, there is a lot of depth in the, you know, if he had just been sort of manipulating them and, and they had just kind of looked up to him as a, as a good boss or whatever, but that extra detail that there is nothing wrong with the Ipsium. He has been lying to them and really instilling that a need to please him, right? Uh, I had written down the line uh, that Benny says, uh, Mako had to lower wages just to keep this mine up and running. At least we're still working, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that that stuff is getting, I think, a little bit more complex, a little bit more uh, nuanced because it is about the emotion of it too, of uh Benny has lived under this lie that that Mako's actually this this beneficiary, right? This great uh, giver of things, and so yeah, he's going to have some mixed emotions when yeah, I find out that was all a lie, but I don't, I wasn't trying to push you into lava. Yeah, yeah. So I I do like it because it could have been a story where the kids all like okay, I push him over, you know, but yeah. he threw himself over, and even in their attempts to rescue him, he he still couldn't couldn't work together enough to save his own life there you go great way to look at it said yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it was- um yeah go ahead and it was funny <laughs> and it, it was funny how quickly he uh he was hoisted on his own petard <laughs> um another kind of uh element of the picture of bad batches is, is the cooperation versus the competition is I just loved the follow-up from last episode of a little bit of a, a emotional growth, a little bit of even better communication that, you know, Omega mm-hmm. is is feeling her feelings and it's Tech who walks up and says, what is it? <laughs> and yeah. it, it totally follows, like, I think in previous episodes that would have been Hunter, right? But mm-hmm. in this episode, it's Tech going, oh, uh, yes, I have made a note on my data pad to ask her about her feelings. <laughs> uh, by the angle of her neck, she's clearly sad. Uh, I'll ask her, you know. And I, mm-hmm. I really loved that it was Tech who asked. And then, you know, that exchange between them, which which I, I know you really like as well. Um, when Omega's, you know, very sad and said, we've seen so many in the galaxy like Mako. And Tech says, unfortunately, yes. However, there are many like us out there as well. And that is something. That really hit me because it felt like Tech was kind of stepping up to uh, fill the void of Echo by voicing these things, by voicing that there is a need to help people and that Bad Batch are a group of people who will absolutely help people. Mm -hmm. And it also hit me as just like, that's a summary of the show itself, right? This is set in an extremely dark time. As as fun as these characters are, as lovable as these characters are, they're living through a horrific time in the galaxy. Um, 
and so for him to say like, yep, there's just a lot of horror out there, big and small, and a lot of really selfish people taking advantage of the chaos. But hey, there's still some light. There's still some people willing to help like us. And and that is something. Even if we're not, we're nowhere near close to winning the war. We're nowhere near close to even starting the war. Right. But we're out there helping people. Light is still alive. Hope is still alive. And that matters. And I was like, well, that's the show. Great, great summary, everybody. Yeah. And somewhere out there, little Luthy Rail is ready to burn it all down for the um, hello, I love Luthan Rail, by the way. Uh, I, I love that. ending. it was a beautiful ending and, and it was very direct. And and I think you some you, you and I sometimes can joke about, you know, hey, we're pointing at the screen like the Leo meme because this is this is all the connective thread of Star Wars. It's what's going on, especially during this time period. And, and uh, I just love the direct nature of it. And I don't mean it to be snarky or, or you know, are you all paying attention? But it, it's it's just, I love that the episode did pause for a bit to go, hey, this this keeps happening. This looks familiar. And and the, the Empire's not the only threat was um, a really wonderful uh, sentence. I really love that line about we've seen so many in the galaxy, like, like Mako. And that's part of uh, what the Empire does uh what a um when you cultivate that kind of uh dare i say following or audience or leave the back door open to that kind of stuff oh, i don't condone what mako's doing but certainly not stopping it i think that's also a play here and so that was a wonderful ending and and a lot of people already uh, have seen in even our own discord if there are more of us both there are more of us both that's mm. why that line gets me every time that's why it's just people is is, is those are two uh rise of skywalker lines that uh, connect to stuff like this that uh, that i love so much and and i and I like seeing it over and over again. Yeah, I really like it too because I think it, it it's in lots of places in Star Wars, but I think Bad Batch has really taken the time to drive it home that it isn't one evil space wizard. Yes, Palpatine is the cause of a lot of this, but it's been unleashed and it's systemic now. And I think mm-hmm. taking the time to kind of have the responsibility to go like, yeah, we all work together. We're all this this connected, you know, as symbiotic organism, and this has taken hold in all of our systems. That mm-hmm. there's going to be selfishness, greed, abuse, manipulation, and it's happening everywhere. It is taking, you know, kind of a, a larger responsibility for it, and, and casting themselves as like, well, then we have to help because that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's yeah. you know the response to it. Yeah, yeah, and and and. And that that we have to help can be a big giant mandate or, or overreaching statement or, or 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 help along the way and help where you can. It's something you and I've talked about lately a lot with I think like Obi Wan and Ezra and 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 Jedi and the Force and and Ahsoka and and helping where you are truly needed or where you're supposed to be. And it's not necessarily that you're the chosen one ready to bring balance to the Force, but you might be uh, making this light side difference in this pocket. Yeah, exactly. Um, a question I wanted uh, to ask you, we have not watched ahead, and what I was really uh, wrestling with is, how much are these two episodes, in their experiences here, going to change their relationship with Sid? You know, she mm-hmm. left them hanging, and as Tech <laughs> illustrated, uh, that they have been there for her on a personal level. She really left them hanging. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have this growing clarity that... Uh, it's not Ord Mantell that there's home. It's not Sid's parlor that's home. It's their ship that is home. It's the squad that is their family. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've had a growing clarity that their perspective of helping people 
is needed in the galaxy. So there's a lot of kind of not great perspective on Sid boiling up in these episodes. And I think we also have in this specific episode that uh, Omega's kind of relationship with idea that stealing is just bad. You know, it's not a skill. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's something that desperate people do to survive. And if her kind of helping Benny through that of like, you shouldn't have to live like that. You shouldn't have to steal to survive because you're being treated poorly. At what point do they go like, hey, is Sid sending us out to steal from other people? And are we just like Benny justifying mm-hmm. it by our own desperation? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to lay out why I was thinking about a, a problem between Sid. But what are your thoughts on it? I'm right there with you on it, and and, and I think it, it, this could pr- prove to be down to the finale of uh, of where some of the, the the stories are going this this season. I you look at the episode faster with Malegi just going cool. Yeah, you guys, I like your heart, I like your moxie. Uh, by the way, Sid will absolutely stab you in the back. <laughs> like like, what are you doing? But we've seen enough of Sid to know that I'm like, I wonder. I think that's her, her true actions, but maybe is it her true nature? What put her in this spot? And do we learn more about that? Is this some great Sid redemption story? At the end, she's treat, treated them well enough, like employees. And this particular uh, beat that you're talking about was frustrating in that fun sense of story for me of just like, well, what the bleep are you doing, Sid? That ain't going to work. It's not <laughs> unlike uh, the, the Jedi circling Ahsoka. Uh, congratulations, you passed your tests, I guess. So good job, you. No, no, I think it is going to have, uh, and it's um, often what you know, you and I and others who discuss these shows try to keep in mind, or at least I think, I think you should keep in mind of where it's going and these fun questions asked. I, I'm right there with you. I think this leads to a sea change. And if anything, like I said, the, these episodes, I don't feel it's a, a repeat. You could speed up the decision-making in the Bad Batch, but I'm waiting for that. Like I said, slapping on the Rebel Firebird, which probably doesn't even exist at this time, right? But of this, like, all right, no, 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 no. We we are we are this light, but let's let's go actually actually actively be it, and we need to make this kind of choice, even if it costs us, even if it costs us some income, some money. They went to Sid to to hide out and survive and get some money. They were just surviving, um, but maybe now these comments that uh, Omega is having, she's connecting the dots, and I think the dots are going to come real close to home. Yeah. No, I really, really agree with that. Um, I think that was the uh, a, a great segue to the other theme that I think has been running through the season and really popped for me in this episode is this idea of what has value and why. You know, um, we started with that two-parter where uh, they were competing uh, with everyone to get the treasure um, for money. And Omega was so focused on treasure as money because they need it to survive, right? A desperation to survive. Um, And then she was reminded by the nice man on Sereno that uh, there are other treasures, right? And then we've seen that being developed as she, you know, goes on the treasure hunt and they don't really actually with Fee. And and she's like, well, the experience was the treasure, you know, family is a treasure. So she's been developing these ideas of like there are other things that have value than than money. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot in this episode that was just reminding thing, different perspectives of value, right? Uh, Gonky has value as a friend, a companion, not a battery, you know, uh, Benny says it's just a beat up old battery. And Omega says not to us. Uh, this has been developing Mm -hmm. over many episodes, but the reminder that the Marauder has value as a home, uh, not just as a ship, you know, stripped for its parts. Right. Um, even down to this group of people we meet here, Ipsium has value 
not just because they can sell it, but because it's a way of life to Benny and the others. And I, and I do feel like that's respected. Like we talk about, um, like we talked about Omega questioning whether or not stealing has value. I think mm-hmm. is, is it, it, it ran is some fun banter of like Omega saying stealing is not a skill. It is when you're good at it, Benny. And I feel like, like I said, I think that maybe that might echo out into, Hey, are we just stealing to survive? Yeah. 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 And you're good at it. And you're good at it. It's a skill. It's a skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other thoughts? Uh, no, I, I, I was going back to the Omega stuff and the team and everything, but I, I think, I think I, I said my piece and, and, and love what's going on. And again, this episode, another one of those episodes, I, I think, um, um, I, some of the beats might seem like a repeat in terms of, are they going to make the decision? And, uh, this isn't uh, solving all the, the problems in the galaxy, but I, I just do love that it's building and, and built on what's come before. I really, I the note you put out about tech being the one to ask about Omega is beautiful. That's exactly what I think is at play. So love all that stuff there. And, and uh, what's at stake is everyone's survival. Yeah, everyone's survival. And I do feel like, uh, I think even in the first season, I kind of felt like it, it was so on the table for for them to decide who they're going to be. Are they sh- uh, soldiers? Are they mercenaries? Are they bounty hunters? What are they? Are they a family? Are they a squad? And I feel like that has been a little bit in the background because we're not spending as much time with Hunter. And I feel like Hunter is the one who's stuck in that like, head down, survive. We got a little review of that at the beginning of the season. And instead we're spending time with all the other characters kind of Mm -hmm. developing and growing uh, tech and Omega in particular. And I also feel like, you know, you said a a couple of times, a great thing about you almost want to just yell at them of join the rebellion Well, the rebellion's not there yet. Mm -hmm. And I feel like what's developing in this season is no one's saying, arm up and take out the empire. That's not what's on the table right now. Maybe for Saw Gerrera. But what's yeah. on the table is a bunch of people are hurting and in crisis and mm-hmm. we need to be there for them. This is we this is triage. This is the beginning yeah. of the rebellion. Is just being there for people and saving them in a dark time and I feel like the show is building that argument and perspective really well. I, I really agree with that. It's the first cuts. It's the the the, the lacerations that are, are, are you know precursor to deeper wounds. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And on that uh, uplifting note, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> wound our podcast by taking a quick break, and then we'll be back to heal it in a moment. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And we are back. The wound is healed, and we can keep talking about Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 10 Retrieval. I was going to say revival, but it's retrieval. Uh, we are going to talk some of the fun moments. Ken, did you have some favorite action moments in this episode? Uh, let's start with the what I'm main event, and it's it's wrestling. It's the record clothesline, and and you <laughs> highlighted earlier. It's, it's the team working together to to get Benny here. But uh, the 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 finishing move there, the record clothesline was amazing. Love that. Just just the sudden boom. Just it was so record. I love it. I love that moment too. because uh, I wrote it down as the casual clothesline. Right, like. Uh, did not have to put his back into it. Obviously, he's super strong, but also just the absolute certainty, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. when Benny takes off on the bike, like none of them are phased at all. Like, yeah, Wrecker's got it. And then wham, it's so, it's so pleasing, so effective. Love it, love it. Yeah, it wasn't uh, in wrestling. There's the Lariat clothesline, which is much more violent. Uh, this is this was just a nice, nice, good move. Good stuff. Yep. Good. He's just like, hey, uh, my, my arm is a tree branch. Too bad. Uh, what were some other moments for you? Uh, I put, um, oh, I wanted to put the whole, the hunter kind of, um, just a little repellent. Then he just runs down there into the stack. It was, it was, I just, I put down the note of them clone skills, but just a great little sequence and a reminder that uh, the Bad Batch is truly a, an action team, right? It's, 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 they are the best of the best of the best 
of the best. And uh, this is just a good reminder if it was part of the fun. And this very serious episode with some darker, uh, sobering themes. He had this kind of fun sequence. 60 seconds. It's a lot of time. The droid there. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I love it. I love that. Like, yeah, we can do that. You know, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I think uh, Benny at one point says, you got to bail before it's too late. And Omega's like, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like all of that was there with the uh, the whole smokestack sequence. I love his his uh, action dive uh, just as it goes off. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, the couple other ones, but the, the big one is that what I'm kind of jokingly calling the trust fall. Uh, just mm-hmm. very cool for Omega to do the uh, the flip of the throwing the droid in and and uh, Hunter jumping up there and they're they're like a trained gymnast like hey if you want to make money uh, go join a uh, Prego's uh, circus that we met in <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the Clone Wars right join that Gamorrean clown because uh, that's just some straight up gymnastics that was amazing. Yeah, I love that. Omega's Leap of Faith, Trust Fall. It was a corporate, a a weekend event uh, exercise indeed. And uh, it worked. It worked. It was just well put together. I couldn't do that. But even if I trusted you, Joseph, I couldn't let go. That's my anxieties. I got to get over. Yeah, it was was trusting Hunter as a person and trusting his skill. Uh, You could trust me as a person to want to catch you. (laughs) Uh, No, the the ability to physically do it. that's, That's Hunter's skill. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 Uh, final one for me. It's, it's a, one of the fist pumping moments I mentioned up top is uh, I love that they established they can't use blasters down there. And Mako's all cocky of like, you can't take a shot at me. And and record just says, we don't miss. Uh, and then a few beats later, they do the, the sharp shots of the droids. And it's it is just like, yeah, they're the bad batch. They're the best of the best. We haven't felt a little bit of that vibe in a while because they've been back on their heels. So it was just fun to see them in situations where like, yeah, the physical challenge is a no problem for us. No, I like what you said there too. This episode was a bit of a, a gear shift from what we've been driving around with before, which we've loved that ride. And it was just kind of fun to kind of live back a little bit of that with them together as a yeah. team, you know, yes, uh, Echo and even Crosshair, not there anymore, but to see them now as a team do their stuff was great. Yeah, yeah, like Hunters, that's our defective power droid. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other action moments for you? Uh, no, overall, I think that was it. I, you know, Mako Fallen is definitely comedy, but there was some action in there, so we'll move it down there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so did you have some favorite moments of uh, comedy, whimsy, weirdness? I mean, this this starts with a, a mantra, a mandate, a T-shirt. I'm bored, I'm hot, I'm starving. <laughs> it's Wrecker's truth, but it's also why I won't go to Burning Man. It's all those things rolled <laughs> in one. And, uh, you know, I just love it. That was a great line. I, Wrecker, Wrecker's so sweet, and is he, you know... A little, a little naive at times, as I guess maybe way to say it. Uh, sure, sure. But he is who he is, and he's part of this team and a key member. And I identify with Wrecker more than I even care to admit, but yet do on this show. Yeah, no, no. That that was a great moment. And right out of the gate, the first line, we are aligned, except for uh, I was going to uh, say that this is why I don't go to Coachella. But besides <laughs> that, we're in total agreement. Uh, the Burning Man is a is a better example of being... Uh, I have been I invited mean, to Burning Man a lot more than Coachella in my life, and that's my answer. I'd be bored, yeah. I'd be hot, I'd be hungry. Yeah, and I, that is not a comment on anyone who who finds joy at Burning Man. I know a lot of people who who love yes. Burning Man. Some of my my uh, good friends, very creative people, who uh, yes. their soul is unleashed at Burning Man. It's great for myself. <laughs> I would not enjoy it. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, too, 
to be clear, so that you and I don't get branded as jerks, I, some of my closest friends are burners. I, and they've invited me every year. And I'm like, have they put up a Hilton there yet? No, I'm not going yet. God bless you and your journey. Ain't mine. Yeah, that line is a real winner. Uh, but then when he's been trying to put that one piece back on the, the skiff and it falls off, <laughs> he just he just tumbles butt first like a toddler who didn't get Cheerios. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful been there um yeah uh, i like the um sheer volume of gonky honking in the uh early parts uh in yeah. in in particular when they start taking off uh uh taking apart the ship taking apart the marauder uh mm-hmm. i don't have it memorized enough to do an impre- uh, an impression of it but he just does this repeated distraught honking <laughs> Oh yeah, I love. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Just overall, there were some wonderful gonky moments, and just there was one line to Benny when he's just like gonk, uh, and, and I thought it reminded me of some early Chopper stuff where you're like you're starting to understand Chopper's language, and in a way mm-hmm. I haven't enjoyed. So good, good call on that gonky. Yeah, so uh, just great, great uh, whimsical but also emotional gonky content. Uh, what were some other uh, fun moments for you? Uh, there's a great line from. Benny at the stack where he's like, good luck. I'm rooting for you. I, that's, I've, I've said that many times in my life. I love, I love the energy there. Yes. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of themes behind him and his lines, but that one's just, uh, that's my truth as well. Good luck. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> I'm rooting for you. is such a passive aggressive way to say, I'm not going to help you. <laughs> yep. yep. I, I ain't well, saying I'm perfect, but I have said that before. Well, and uh, we all do sometimes. We 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 talk so much about being there and helping others, but also you know, there's some realism in life. There sometimes, yeah, like yeah. with Wrecker eating too much food, there are problems that uh, were, are within our own purview to handle. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, one of the lines I really liked it was a great uh, tech delivery. Uh, there is one covert infiltration point there. It just as the stack has this I- explosive. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, blow of steam was was great yeah yeah love that yeah love that yeah every, yeah a lot of great tech stuff in here as usual as usual yeah yeah and uh i don't know about you but i only had uh one other one that i wanted to highlight which was another one of my uh my fist uh pumping moments uh for the bad batch uh when he's seen the skills at work uh in the risks that they're willing to take and betty goes you're definitely not ipsium miners Meg stands up, sticks her finger in his face, and goes, "You stole the wrong ship." (laughs) (laughs) Trailer. It's Fast Eleven, right? It was a ball family, and nope, you stole the wrong ship. It was a great beat. Great beat. So good. Uh, Her delivery is just Mm -hmm. man. If I didn't like anything else about this show, which I obviously do, I'd watch it for Omega's delivery. Yeah. Uh, Any other moments for you? Uh, a hodgepodge of, of things I said up top. I, I a lot of food, uh, me like record, but yeah, I guess slow down. Mako does eat like me, and I, uh, that's a <laughs> reminder of, of it was pure gluttony. I got to stop. I got eat eat the food, but eat it slower, cat. Uh, so that tech is the only tech that ship belongs to us. Um, but yeah, talking about Mako trying to fight, I wrote down, you know, it, it was f- funny to me in a way because to me it just it just this like, well, I guess power isn't power, huh? <laughs> like <laughs> that vanished fast. And uh, there's so uh, there's a lot to it there, but it was you're right. There's just there's a certain speed to his uh, fall from grace, shall we say? That was uh, I found funny. It it was funny, yeah, yeah, and the, yeah. The in the 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 fast eating scene uh, drove its point home. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, it, it, it 
they lingered on it a bit. I'll say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I maybe didn't need as much uh, as much slurping. I, I got, I got the point. Well, then uh, stop but, going to lunch with me, man. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I think if if you ate your own food fast at Smokehouse, I got no problem with that. If you got up and convinced someone else <laughs> to give you their food, I'll take your cheese. Maybe. Though. Maybe yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm every bit of cheese toast is mm-hmm. is here. Hey, you are almost top earner. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to take yeah. your cheese toast next mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about canon uh, in lore in connection to other stories. Um, there to me there wasn't a ton. Um, I'm sure uh, there'll be some more revelations that come out as uh, you know StarWars.com uh, adds uh, their kind of breakdown stuff. Uh, but the Techno Union uh, got a shout out. Uh, this is the way it was explained by Benny about this Ipsium mine. Techno Union ran this mine during the war, but Mako took over when they were forced out. Uh, did you take it that they were f- forced out uh, by a uh, some sort of republic victory, or do you take it that uh, they were forced out by the Empire after the war? I, that, ooh, that's a great question. I didn't think of that. I, I, you know what? I'll, I'll say I lean towards... Actually, the empire in the end pushing it out. I could could see there's some be some sort of a, uh, you know, there's the the republic has such a sh- small window, right? Of of, of supposed victory to do that. That it, mm-hmm. it seems like I put it in the category slightly of what we've seen in the Bad Batch has done this as a show. Camino being the biggest of all, but just kind of some of these answers. Uh, Rebels did it with the Geonosians, I should say, with um, Saw Gerrera in that, that episode of, of once again, it's Palpatine going, oh, you all thought you were top earners. No, 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 no. Uh, and you're gone. And I think that's a, a, a connective canon-like thread for me. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely ag- agree with that. And I feel like the Bad Batch, we, without you know lingering on it too much, has kind of reminded us that you know, she wasn't happy with just being, I'm the one who is uh, allied with all of these powers uh, mm-hmm. that be. I want to control them. There's the explicit uh, arc in the Clone Wars of him taking over the the banking clan. But then that was reinforced in, uh, you know, the clone conspiracy episodes where we see there are now Senate seats for uh, not just the banking clan, but also the Commerce Guild. And mm-hmm. they are arguing uh, pro-Sheev <laughs> positions. Yeah. So I feel like this is probably like, eh, and this is, this is, you know, techno union is yet another uh, conspirator uh, in the, uh, the, the clone wars that, uh, that Sheev is making his own. Yeah. I, I think it, there's a lot of organizations, people, politicians who are all, they all have that Dooku look right before his head comes off. <laughs> the Dooku oh, look. Yeah. It's my favorite in excess song. Um <laughs> There's also the comparing the entire setup to the Empire, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Tech says, uh, Mako appears to be using his power and means as leverage over his workers. It is a similar tactic used by the Empire. Uh, and then he says, but in a in a smaller way, and that, that goes toward the conversation that he and Omega have at the end where Omega says we keep seeing people like, like Mako. Uh, did you get anything out of that other than that it is a uh, truth in the galaxy right now? It's a big theme of the show. How did that hit you? I took it as a, as a truth in galaxy, big theme of the show and just a big theme in star Wars. And when you're playing in this era, uh, again, uh, I always, you know, over the years, I've said many times, these 19 years between these two episode three and episode four, just uh, fertile ground for storytelling. But this, this is 
one of the giant connective threads. And I like when it comes up, you know, don't like that it's happening, but I like when it comes up. So I love hearing that. And just, again, the direct nature of it in this episode was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really liked how direct the episode was. And I liked when you really think about it, how, how many times you've seen a version of this structure where somebody in power has got other people to sort of scramble and do work for them in a desperate bid to please them while the workers are never truly going to be rewarded, right? Um, mm-hmm. th- that's Han's condition with uh, Lady Proxima in the, in the Scrum Rats, right? Um, that's uh, Unker Plot's Jakku operation. That's uh, the Narkina Five prisoners, uh, particularly with the, uh, with the competition aspect. Even to um, Tech's point about the similar tactics the empire even the people who are allegedly uh privileged like isb officers right are mm-hmm. having to scramble to compete and try to please you know uh, daddy part of gas <laughs> yeah you know uh and are competing for you know if not food to survive they're still competing for station and respect and everything uh, I actually really loved you pulling some daddy part of cast in the team. That's a, <laughs> that's a great example of you think you're on the winning team. You think you're doing the the, the climb, but this is, uh, this is what it is. And again, uh, the work of the SP is not good, but showing up to that office isn't necessarily the problem. Showing up to work, the work isn't the, you might love it, but it's uh, the end result of focusing on the winning and how it destroys. Yep. Yep. Daddy party gas. And I guess Zaddy Sheev. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, anything else for Canon that you saw or picked up on? Uh, no, just, uh, knowing that, uh, power droids have this much personality. It, um, it makes me want that, uh, gonk droid standalone Star Wars movie that everyone <laughs> joked about years ago. Everybody's made the joke. Now it seems pretty, pretty damn great. Uh, was there anything in this episode that you disliked or questioned? No, the only, the only thing, anything you touch on a little bit of just like, you know, we're 10 episodes into this season. We got, uh, what six left? We got a big finish coming, so I'm excited to get there. I'm excited for some of these questions to be answered. And and uh, ten episodes in, uh, I, I could com- I I would tip my cap to the note of ah, you know, maybe they could move forward. But I I I do like the taking the time, and I do like that it is week to week. There's some big questions being asked, and some similar moments of reflection happening. And, and Echoes made a big decision, and to me, this is maybe a big leap, but it's not unlike. You know, for me, I, I've always liked uh, the journey of Finn in seven, eight, nine. And yes, there's a lot of potential and possibilities for other things they could have done. And, and I love hearing all those too. But it, it's it's subtle. If you're not paying attention, it's subtle, right? It it it's uh, it's connection. It is no connection, connection, and then being the connective thread for everyone. Right? Yeah, it's something we've celebrated here. And I just think this is kind of what's happening in Bad Batch. Is it's yeah, sometimes week to week it might seem like you're still wrestling with the same things, but it, it is moving. It'll get there. But sometimes you do notice it, and I noticed it a little bit here this week. Yeah, no, I I really, really liked this episode. Um, I don't have any particular criticisms of this episode, any major criticisms. It's just the the other episodes, I think, uh, because we're on a, a slower journey in the big picture of mm-hmm. if the plot is, who are the Bad Batch going to decide to be? Are they going to leave Sid? All that. Uh, maybe we're on a slower burn there, but every episode this season has shown such emotional growth of the characters as they find joy in a dark time that the the episodes have just been phenomenal to me and and i thought this episode was great but just not at that same height you know yeah fair love it uh anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on uh no i think that is about it happy to see gonky back and at one piece that was something that did (laughs) hang over my mind for a little bit 
Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, you are not alone, so it was great. And I hope we get some really quality gonky time. Uh, only other thing for me to shout out, um, uh, experienced voice actor Yuri Lowenthal is uh, is Benny Barrow, I thought, uh, did a great job. Mm. Uh, I'm uh, a fan of Yuri's work, and I've had a chance to meet him and hang out. Uh, we are friends through mutual friends, uh, and I thought he did a, a really great job of, of playing the kind of a uh, snarky punky kid and hitting those, those beats and notes, but still making Benny feel like a, a actual human person and, and selling those connections with Omega. Yeah, no, you're is great and a, and a great job. And uh, yeah, yeah. He's got some greatest beard. Didn't sound it here at all. So wonderful. No. Yeah. Very, very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't there was think not I... a gray in the beard of the voice of Benny. Was there? Yeah. 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 Uh, so we always wrap up with a fun question. Uh, not like some of these other questions aren't fun. Uh, if you could have a figure or merch of anything inspired by this episode, who or what do you want? I want a phone based game, like an app game. One of those uh, press and play games there where it is you, you are Mako and you have to get through your meal as fast as you can. There's <laughs> much food and the food just keeps adding. You, you, you want like a tabletop card game? Yeah. Yeah. That'll work. <laughs> oh man yeah a steal the workers food game yeah that'd be, that'd be fun <laughs> you know, yeah. it might not fit thematically with the star wars world but you know i'll, I'll give it a go hey you look you you get to play darth vader and lots of things why not a, a, a mako steals the kids food game why not why not the man has a- uh yeah, for me, it, it's uh, this is this week's all about gonky. Uh, I need uh, a gonky phone charger. Uh, I would love if I just had a little gonky on my desk that actually charged my phone. And I wouldn't mm. care if gonky can only get the phone to 98%. I would still love gonky. Uh, mm. And then also it, to reflect, hey, a moment we didn't talk about. Wrecker's hug of gonky. Right. Being happy to see him and not just deadlifting him, but hugging him and being happy to see him. Uh, when I saw that moment, I was like, there needs to be a gonky body pillow on the market. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to pretend to be Wrecker and, and hug gonky? I love that. Yeah. Great moment. Great moment. Well, that is our big look at this episode of Bad Batch. Uh, can't wait to get on to the next several episodes. Uh, we might, uh, it, it's possible that we'll shift mm-hmm. exactly when we release this episode because uh, Bad Batch and Mando coming out. Uh, at the same time, on the same day, we don't want uh, the Bad Batch discussion to get uh, too lost because we are extremely hyped for Mando, but we are loving Bad Batch and we want to continue to give it uh, all the focus that it deserves. So more on that uh, scheduling choice as we as we figure it out. Right, Ken? Absolutely. Uh, bear with us as we find the best way possible to to honor and spotlight both shows. Uh, it's, you know, we're not going to lie. It's sometimes a little bit of a bummer. Uh, we can't wait for Mando, but we love Bad Batch and just kind of the way it is right now. So uh, bear with us while, for, while we figure that out. Uh, best way forward. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you want to let people know where they can find us. Yes, if you want to get that schedule update by going to Twitter at Four Center Pod. Uh, you can follow us on Hive Social. If you want, we're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Like Joseph said up top, we got a big live show Friday, February 24th, 3 p.m. Pacific. Jennifer, join us for the first 30 minutes. Swing over there. We got some... Uh, we got some uh, essays of the force, some some short Star Wars essays uh, starting to go up. Uh, one from Joseph uh, this week. Uh, I had one up uh, recently. 
Uh, and there's some back in the past too. So dig into there. We got some shorts. So give us a follow or subscription over on YouTube, I should say. We uh, have uh, podcasts available in a lot of spots. Acast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Just search. You'll find us. Some merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash center. And you can support us directly, which we always appreciate. You get to get into our Discord. Uh, you can support patreon.com slash center. I'm at Cadnapsock or my website, Cadnapsock.com. You can link to my shows like The Blathering Pop Rock and Radio, Casterly Talk, and more. Joseph, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media at Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm uh, promoting Instagram in particular, trying to spend a little bit more time there. I'm also on Twitter, Hive, Mastodon, TikTok, uh, putting up more not unboxing videos on TikTok as well as on my YouTube channel. Thank you so much for all of the Four Center listeners who have joined me over there. If you want to check out uh, some of my comedy bits and some of my short films, you can go find me on YouTube. Just search for Joseph Scrimshaw and I should pop up uh but for now for myself for ken for that gonky body pillow that i'm sure is in the works this has been the bad batch report Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.